0: Hello and welcome to Unapologetic with me, Robin McNeil, Identity Coach and Mentor for Coaches. This is the podcast for the entrepreneurs with the complex mind as we pick apart the intricacies of running a successful business. Enjoy conversations with incredible guests from around the world. And of course, you'll get to hear my inner bitch firsthand as I dive headfirst into the topics we often shy away from. Ready to be unapologetic? Let's go.
1: Yeah, I always say like, if you are if you make a pivot from passion, you're gonna end up with profit. Like if you make a pivot with passion, it will end up in profit. It might not be instantaneous profit, but in the long run, it's gonna be profit in your life, in your boundaries, in how you show up, in the money that you're bringing in, like all other areas of the ROI, not just the money, but in just like your happiness, how you lead yourself, like how you, everything if you make a pivot with passion.
0: Today, I'm talking with Demi, who you might know on Instagram as your biz coach, Demi. As a seven-figure business mentor, leader, and CEO, she's here today to talk to us all about how she has built a million-dollar business. All right. I'd love to welcome Demi to the podcast. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I know, me too. You're actually one of my very first guests. And I just know that people are going to love what we have to talk about because we've had some incredible conversations before this. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us how you unapologetically make money.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so honored to be one of the first guests. I know, like, we, the episode we did on my podcast too, was like so good. So you guys are in for a real treat today. Cause I know we're going to get off on, we're going to go off on some of these topics, but unapologetically, how do I make money? So I guess for me, it's, I am a business mentor. I specialize in really helping women scale their businesses through strategic product suites, customer journeys, marketing, sales, launch strategies, inner work. Oh, my God. Like all the leadership, all the things that encompass growing a business. Um, But it's been incredible. Like, so I do a lot of one on one mentorship. I have masterminds, mini minds courses, you name it. Um, but that's how I unapologetically make my money. I show up in my power. I share what it is that I am so passionate about. I stay in my lane, which I know we're going to get into, (laughs) but I just, I just, I dare to be seen. I think that's a big, a big part of unapologetically making money is that I just dare to put myself out there to show up and share my opinion, share what I'm good at and build my community.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I feel kind of honored because I got to see your entire journey and from when you were a social media manager and you weren't even known for your name at that time. I can't even remember what your name was. I'm sure you can share. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I actually remember this transition from doing that social media into this. But why don't you tell us like how you got into the online space?
1: Okay, sure. No worries. Okay. So, I basically like, you know, follow, I was a rule follower all growing up. So I, right out of high school, I went into, you know, business school and university. I did my four-year business degree and I ended up moving across the country. So I'm originally from the very East coast of Canada. Like you can't go any farther East. And now I live on the very West coast of Canada. You can't go any farther West. Well, a little bit, but can't go any farther West before you start getting going back around. So anyways, I moved out here and I was following the rules and I was doing my business degree and I was serving on the side and I ended up, you know, going into management and I was a general manager of a restaurant for three years. And then I was just like, I don't really know what I want to do. Like I wasn't really making great money. You know, I had so many ambitions and goals. It was just like, I don't know. How am I going to, how am I going to buy a house? I don't know. How am I going to do this? I don't know. And so anyways, I just realized that the restaurant industry wasn't for me. I was working until like 4 a.m. every single night and getting up at 8. And I was responsible for like 150 people, employees. Like, it was just a lot. And I was really young, honestly. And so then I went into corporate. And I did my 9 to 5. I thought, oh, my parents, both of them, corporate ladder, that's like when I envisioned success, when I was young, it was me going to work every single day with a briefcase and coming home and making dinner and, you know, just like the whole, the whole societal, this is your version of success. That's what I envisioned. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go into this job. I'm going to work really, really hard and I'm going to move my way up. I'm going to get a six figure salary and Everything in my life is going to just be perfect. Wrong. <laughs> So anyways, I was, I was in corporate and I wasn't making much money. I was making, you know, like after tax it was like 40 grand a year. Like I was scraping by, I live in one of the most expensive provinces to live in, in Canada. And it's just like, I was scraping by. And so I asked my boss at the time for a raise. I was doing so many things. I was managing the full marketing department. They had me dipping my toes into human resources. Like I was all over the map doing everything. I was on the, like, health and safety committee. Like they had me doing it all. So I asked my boss, I'm like, can I get a raise? Like I, I really want just a five grand raise. That's all I want. And they denied me. And I was so freaking annoyed that I went home that same night. And I was like, how do I make money online? I really didn't want to go back to serving. But, uh, so anyways, I just Googled and I found virtual assisting. YouTube video, watch a few things. And I was like, Jake, my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm gonna be a virtual assistant. He's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what is happening? I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I have a business degree. I have marketing experience. I have all these things. I can do this. I threw up a page, threw up a Wix website that very same night. Like it was so bad. It had the ads still on it. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I just started consuming and learning. I was like a sponge, soaking up all of the information about virtual assisting. Started that business. I got my first client. And then I was just like, I don't know what to do. So anyways, that was the first little venture into the online space. Then I pivoted obviously to social media management. The name that I was, was Ever After Marketing. Yes, yes, it was. Because I was, I'm this big Disney fan. So I was like, happily ever after, I'm gonna teach you how to market and you're gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. And your business is gonna live like this happily ever after theme that I had. And I was like, oh my God. Now I look back and I'm like, I'm cringing, I'm cringing. (laughs) Uh, we all start somewhere but yeah so anyways grew the social media manager business and then I had a lot of people that were reaching out being like well how are you doing it how are you getting clients I coached or mentored or whatever consulted I don't even know what I was doing at the time really for free for a lot of people and then I was like well I really like this people are getting results I should start charging for this and then it just it snowballed after that yeah and now you're here (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm here, and now I'm here. it's it's crazy what what we've built in the past you know, what three, three and a half years has just been insane, yeah,
0: because now I mean, you are a seven figure business mentor. You hit that seven figure mark,
1: and you're yeah. you're hitting big cash months now every month, too. It's crazy. yeah. I mean this twenty twenty two is our first million dollar cash year so we're sitting right now it's end of November. We're sitting right now at one point three. For the year which is insanity so I'm like still trying I'm still trying to wrap my head around it I'm still trying to honestly I'm still trying to figure out how to operate as you know the person that's trying to build wealth and learn about money things that were never taught to us this is all it's all new uncharted waters for me still
0: yeah I love that you said that though because I think that's actually a fear that holds a lot of people back so already, and even if it's not consciously, their subconscious is thinking, what am I gonna do with this amount of money? Mm-hmm. How do I manage it? I need. Do I need to learn investing? Um, do I need to figure out taxes a little bit? You know, and so you hold mm-hmm. back from it. So have you experienced that and how did you, or how are you navigating
1: it? Oh my God, the amount of tears that have been shed <laughs> <laughs> over this is insane. Like it's actually blows my mind. And I talk to my dad about it all the time. So my dad works for the CRA. So my dad works for CRA. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. So (laughs) for anybody listening, the CRA is like the US version of the IRS basically. So uh, my dad works for that. And he worked for Scotiabank for a long time. And he was an accountant for a really big business, you know, back, he worked for as an accountant for 25 years. So I'm like texting my dad, I'm calling my dad. And he's like, how do you not know this stuff? How do, I'm like he's like you have a business degree how do you not know I'm like this was never taught to me ever I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> but I mean like my dad has always ever since I was young I've had like a retirement fund and I've had a TFSA and I've had like those things but that's not that's not managing your money no that's not building wealth like it really isn't like I'm putting money away from retirement I'm putting money into a TFSA but like what is that doing you can only put so much in there every single year all the things and then you know, the first year I was operating as a sole proprietor. And so that was all fine because in my very first year of business, I didn't have a lot of cash profit because I had a lot of expenses. And so what I learned is obviously, you know, it's your profit minus your expenses that we, that's what you pay tax on. So my tax year wasn't that crazy. Plus I also had my nine to five income, all of the things that was happening there. I don't even know. Still a learning curve. And then the, in 2021, I had a really big year in business and I was still, nobody told me to like, Oh, why are you not incorporated? I didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was operating all year as a sole proprietor. And because of the tax bracket I was now in, I was having to pay almost 50%. Yeah of my earnings to back to the CRA. So I bawled my eyes out when I had to pay, my last tax bill that I had to pay was $178,000. I bawled my eyes out for like three days. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I suck at business. I suck at money. I suck at managing everything, like everything sucks. And then anyways, I was like, okay, I need to get like a really good CPA in here. We incorporated the business. It's a lot better now but it's still a learning curve when I'm like, how do I allocate these funds? How, how am I choosing like what my investments are going to be? How do I look at, you know, actually building wealth in my portfolio? You know, maybe we invest into real estate. So it's just been a learning curve having to, I actually have two, I have two companies technically, right. One's like a holding company, one's in my actual operations company. So like, I think that there, there was a lot of fear and a lot of like stress around, I don't know what I'm doing, but you just have to ask questions and you have to just hire people that can support you. So like my CPA now I'm like, I told him, I was like, listen, I can make a lot of money. I'm a marketing girly, but I failed accounting <laughs> 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 I my accounting in school, uh, numbers not my strong point. So I'm going to ask you a lot of dumb questions. I just need you to just like dumb it down for me please and be okay with me asking questions so it's just about communication on that too like you don't have to know everything and you're not you're never going to
0: yeah I think for a lot of people too they they have this fear of even asking because then I I don't know money is just so personal too and it's like if they look at this and it's mismanaged or it's Mm. I don't know just mm-hmm. not looking right, then you feel that embarrassment and that shame and the guilt. And like you said, oh, I'm a bad business person because I don't know how to manage this. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the type of conversation we need to be having more because there comes a point in your career where you're no longer that solopreneur. You're not the sole proprietor anymore. And you have an actual business. And that should be the goal for everybody is like, this is a business. Treat it like a business. And that's where you have to find that emotional disconnect from the money conversation so that you can ask for help for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, guys, like there, there is no shame. There is no guilt. Like you're learning. You Like these are things that you've never done before. You know, you're not expected to know. That's why CPAs exist. Like that's what I had to keep telling myself. It's like, I actually hired this person to ask them questions. I am paying them to ask them questions. I'm going to ask my questions and be okay with it. Yeah. Yes. That's what they're there for. That's why people hire mindset coaches and mentors and emotional intelligence coaches and all the things. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Oh, so.
0: it's, it's so true. It's so true. Um, I'd love to actually just, you know, switch gears because yeah. money. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but that's not your strength. Your strength is the marketing. And I, I think you honestly are one of the hardest working marketers out there
1: oh thank you, thank yeah. you. You're <laughs> um but
0: no it's it's really true because i think like we see a lot of get rich quick type of mentors out there um and i would like to say with no real substance to them you have substance and you work your butt off like i've seen you work- you know, you're jumping on at night, you're jumping on in the mornings, you're booked out, you're running like multiple programs and selling multiple programs all at once. So what do you think having mentored hundreds of people now, like what is the secret?
1: Oh, it's so tough because people always ask me how or what's the secret. Honestly, it has so much to do with just like who I am. Like sometimes people ask me how and it's like, I can't, sometimes I can't teach you or even find the words because it's just how like how I am. It's my personality. It's the way my brain functions. It's my own personal experiences. It's like my charisma. It's, and I actually owe a lot of it to even the restaurant industry, right? Like like talking to people that you don't know and having conversations and being able to serve. And like all of those things I think brought in, like has really developed me as a person. But that's one of the pieces that people always ask, like, how are you always on? How are you never burnt out? It's not that I'm not burnt out. It's just, I literally am so obsessed with what I do that my work does not feel like work to me. And that's so hard to, I can't, sometimes I can't teach that. Maybe that's the secret. That's the secret. Just to be
0: so obsessed with your own product and your own brand that it doesn't feel hard.
1: Like before I go and I sell something, right? Before I get on stories, before I write a piece of content, I'm like, why am I so activated by this? Why do I love this offer so much? Why am I so obsessed with this piece of content that I'm putting out there? Because of what? And then when I activate myself first, I know that it's going to activate my audience. I know that it's going to land well. Because I'm excited by it. And they can feel that energy.
0: Yeah. But even, I want to say like even more than that, yeah. You're great at what you do for your business, but you get some really amazing client results too. This isn't just build a copy of my business type of mentorship. No. Talk me through that. What is like? Mm. What are the things you focus on with the clients? What would what is it like to work with you?
1: A lot of it, honestly, when clients come to me, is t- helping them unlearn. Mm. Some of the things that they have learned or have adopted in the past before they've come to me, because they'll come and they're like, well, this is what I'm struggling with. This is why I'm not getting results. This is this, this is that. And I look at it and it's like, well, I can clearly see that you're not number one. You're not excited about this. And when I ask them the question of like, why are you offering this? What was the intentionality behind this? Like when you get into those types of questions and they can't answer or they're like, oh, I saw somebody else do it. I'm like, not good enough. Like we have to actually go back to the root of what do you want before we can market, before we can get like, we, it's really starts when anybody comes to me, it starts with clarity, clarity on what they want their life to look like, clarity on what they want their business to look like clarity on the type of client they actually want to be working with. Right. You'd be surprised. So many people that come to me actually have, they just, I'm just going to say it. They don't even like the clients they're working with. Yeah. It's not the right people for them. No wonder you're miserable in your business. Like There's so so many things that people believe they have to do that is just not true. And so a lot of it is just like unlearning and refining before they can really hit the ground running. And then the comment that I get so much after people have worked with me or even during our time together is like, wow, I built so much self-trust now that I feel so good and aligned inside of my business that I'm excited to put this offer out. I'm excited to share about this thing. And That goes like hand in hand with the results that they actually get. It's because they're excited. They're happy to show up and do the work. So that's a big piece is that I feel like a lot of people, they will be excited for a minute and then they, they, their motivation, like it dwindles. Right. And then it, they kind of go into this spiral of like heights of motivation and they're going to be like, so on and everything's great. And then they go down, they dip back down into like, Oh, I don't feel good. And then it's like, Oh my God, I got this inspiration. And then, Oh, I don't feel good. So it's like, well, no, how can we actually level that playing field so that you feel good all of the time, instead of just doing like the roller coaster of emotions, with, that you're building your business on. Yeah.
0: As a multi-passionate, that speaks to me because I'll get lit up about pretty much everything and I have to take a step back and ask myself like, okay, but is this for me to put out into the world or is this meant for somebody else? Is this just a great idea? I love it. It
1: can be hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and in regards to like the marketing and stuff, like I said, it really just starts with clarity. Like you'd be surprised so many people just, they're just not clear. And so it's like, no wonder you can't market. Yeah. You don't know what it is you're selling. You don't know why it is you're selling it. What's the intentionality behind it? If you don't have that, then you can't market effectively.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I work with high achievers too, right? So they're so used to doing everything and doing it well. And often they're doing something that they do really well. Yeah. they Really just don't love. And I end up working with more people pivoting from one thing to another (laughs) than anything else, right? It's not even just a service. It's like a full pivot from I was doing this and now I'm fully pivoting into an entirely new industry.
1: And the pivot is hard. People don't talk about that enough because the pivot is hard because you do have to hold the energy of the pivot because your audience needs time to catch up. You're not going to go and pivot and then have automatic sales, you're just not, you have to like rebuild. You have to rebuild that trust, rebuild, and talk about why the pivot. You have to educate your audience on that. So that's, and I, I know for you too, with the emotional intelligence that comes with that and the, the mindset that comes with that, that it's a big pivoting is, is so much bigger than people even know or believe. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a massive transformation and you know, people are talking about, well, it's like going back to the beginning and and to some degree it is, mm-hmm. but you're also taking with you all of the experience from before, but you have to have patience. If you don't have patience, you're going to spiral. <laughs> That's not a great place to be.
1: Yeah. I always say like, if you're, if you make a pivot from passion, you're going to end up with profit. Ooh, I love that. If you make a p- pivot with passion, it will end up in profit. It might not be instantaneous profit, but in the long run, it's going to be profit in your life, in your boundaries, in how you show up, in the money that you're bringing in, like all other areas of the ROI, not just the money, but in just like your happiness, how you lead yourself, like how you, everything. Yeah, like, If you make a pivot with passion.
0: I love that. That is a great quote. We're going to have to. I'm going to have to throw that in the show notes because I think that is something that's almost an affirmation that you can tell yourself through a pivot. So I I absolutely love that. Something else that I hear you say quite often too is staying in your lane. And I, I think as you grow as an entrepreneur, you start to understand that a whole lot more. (laughs) I think it has different meanings along the way, but I would love for you to share more about like, what do you mean when you tell people stay in your lane?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's tough. It's tough to do that, especially in our industry. And I'll be the first one to say like in the earlier stages of my business, I did not stay in my lane. I was in constant comparison mode. I was in constant, like this person's doing way better than me. This person had a better idea than me. Uh, Oh, this person's talking about this. I'm going to talk about this. Like it was so, it was, it was bad in the early stages. And I kind of just recognized like, why am I not getting sales? Why am I not like, why am I slower? why am I literally putting myself through this agony every single day and talking down to myself? Like if my client could look at how I'm speaking to myself right now or how I'm operating in the back end, like if the camera wasn't rolling, would they still hire me? And the answer was no. And so that was a really big wake up call for me to be like, well, who do I have to become to actually be somebody that people want to hire? And I had to really look within about like my own expertise and really go into that place of people are gonna wanna work with me because of this. I like her, like it actually a mindset coach told me one time, like make an I like her list. So it's like, I like her because of this. I like her because she does this really well. And I started doing that. And once I started leaning into, I actually like unfollowed and muted so many people. No shame whatsoever. Um, If you have to do that, like go ahead. But um, I really started just like, before I would go write content um, before I would be like looking at other people's content to get inspiration now. And when I stay in my own lane, when I go to write content, I'm, I'm pulling on like my own experiences, my clients experiences, what questions I'm being asked, what my expertise is. And once I started doing that, the results inside of my business and just the way I was showing up the confidence that I had, the content that was coming out, it, it skyrocketed. And so I, people make fun of me now too. Like I was at a retreat and people were all talking about X, Y, Z in the industry and all these things. And I'm like, um, I don't know who is this. I don't, I have no idea. Cause I just really do try to keep my scrolling on social media to a minimum. And they were laughing. It was like, you're just in your own little bubble. Like, I'm like, Yeah, I really do. Like, I really have no time to be comparing myself to other people. I really have no time. And I mean, yes, sometimes it still happens. Absolutely not denying that, but I I just don't have the time anymore. And my clients deserve to hire me because of who I am, not because I'm some watered down copy of my coach or some watered down copy of some, what somebody else said on the Mm -hmm. internet. So for me, that's like staying in my lane. It really, it starts there of like, what do I want to talk about? Again, going back to that clarity piece, what do you yeah. want? Who do you serve? So that's, that's staying in your lane. And then I, I, I put these blinders up, right? And I mean, like, I don't even look at some people will be like, well, do a, com- a competitor analysis. And like, you know, in business, in university, that's what you're taught. You're taught SWOT analysis, competitor analysis, all of these things. I don't, I don't even do that. I'm like, I can't even be bothered to know what somebody else is doing because I know myself as well. And I'll be influenced by that. And I'll be like, Oh, that's such a good idea. I should do something like this. No, like my ideas have to come from me. Otherwise I know they're also not going to sell as well.
0: And I mean, so for those of us. (laughs) who are very inspired because and if you know human design at all open crowns you get a lot of inspiration and you have to filter through like what is actually mine in my opinion um but how do you like how do you keep that boundary when you're also a social listener and you like going out there and researching and
1: hearing what people are doing I think it's just really knowing. I think it really is just the self-awareness, the self-discernment and just knowing yourself. So like, before you go out there, ask yourself, like reflect and go back to what you value reflect and go back to what you want before you even go out into the world and to social media and look at what everybody else is doing. Because then if you do get an idea, let's say to do something, you can kind of go back and look at it. So like for an example, I might say, okay, no, I really want, I don't want as many one-on-one clients on my calendar. I don't want as many one-on-one intensives or whatever it is. Right. So that's something I'll write down and I'll write down the reason why I don't want that. And then if I go out and I see somebody offering for black Friday or whatever it is, one-on-one intensives or my one-on-one coaching. And I get that idea of like, Oh, maybe I should do that. I can go back and be like, no, like literally five minutes ago, I wrote down that. I don't want that. And here's the reason why I don't want that. So I can really just like, be like, Oh, that was an influence moment. And I actually, actually, this is what I want instead. So really just having that self-awareness and emotional intelligence and checking in with yourself more before you go and do your scroll or your your, your research or whatever it is.
0: So it's like setting an intention before you go and do the mindless scroll that can sometimes happen, even when you're doing it with some sort of intention that, you know, checking in on your yeah. clients, checking in on leads um, and the people they- you know, mentor you as well. So,
1: yeah. And I think that's a big one because people, especially in our industry, like when you work with a coach, sometimes you can really adopt a lot of, you know, what they're doing and their values and all of those things. So again, it's like, who are you as your own person, the coach, whoever it is that you're working with, they should like expand how, who you are. You're not becoming who they are.
0: It's actually really interesting because I have a post that's sort of in that graveyard list of posts that have never (laughs) seen the light of day. But it's actually a post on muting. You should mute your mentor or coach while you're working with them. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now I'm thinking I better bring that one to light just because... I think you know as much as we try not to and you said it yourself like you're the kind of person i'm the kind of person that we can get influenced because we get excited about new ideas and and really inspired by them. Um, When you're working in close proximity with somebody you can feel that inspiration, but also the opposite of that when you're working with them, especially if they are not talking to you in that moment, they're talking to, you know, another level of you. And then you start to go through the feelings of, am I not a good client? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I, I find that really interesting that you bring that up because this is, yeah, it's definitely been a thought of mine.
1: Yeah. Well, like I'll even have my clients sometimes they'll come to our calls and they'll be like, Oh, I have this new idea. Dah, dah, dah. I'm like, but last week you said this. Last week you said you didn't want to offer any more one-on-one spots or whatever it is. Why? And I will literally call them out on the BS of is this actually what you want or is did you see somebody else do this or me do this and now you want to do this too? Like I'll call I'll go, call them out and they're like, "Well, thank you for holding me accountable." I'm like, "Yeah, because you told me that the business that you want to build is this." So why are you now Flipping the switch and gonna go the opposite direction of what you told me that you wanted.
0: I feel so much leadership from you in that statement. And I'd love to talk about this just a little bit further because I think as a coach or mentor listening, there are moments when you're working with a client where you know what they're doing isn't aligned and you're you're trying to be supportive, but you also have a job to do. So like I would love for you to kind of share your thought process as this comes to you and how how you manage it without hurting feelings, because I think that's, you know, people are always afraid of of hurting feelings and people pleasing.
1: I love this. Okay, so one of the reasons to my business is set up the way that it's set up. And we're going through price increases right now and all of those things, because I really like, I like to get to know my clients. Like if you're in close proximity with me, there's a reason that my prices are the way that they are. I have limited capacity because I actually want to be a partner in your business, not just come to the call and tell me what you're doing. And that's fine. And I don't know what's going on with anybody like that is That makes me just like want to die inside thinking, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's part of it is like I have built my business so yes sure we can have the big cash years but my clients actually are receiving the proper mentorship from me because of the prices that they're paying. So with that like it really starts in the beginning of our relationship. Like in the pre-qualifying process before they're even a client of mine, I'm getting to know them. Like what do you want? What like the questions that I ask like my applications are pretty intensive because I want to make sure you're a good fit for the program. Right. And who you are and what you want, even before you come in. So there'll be times like, and even, so you'll fill out a pre application form. Then you're actually going to fill out an onboarding form that has different questions. And like people get scared. They're like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make my clients jump through all these hoops. I'm like the clients that want to work with you will fill out any freaking application that you have, because that actually ensures that they're getting the best experience. So let's just say that, but I'll look at that application. And on our onboarding call, we'll go into like, what are the things that you are desiring? Why is it that you hired me in the first place? Really getting to know just who they are as a person. And then I'll set those expectations with them from the very beginning of like, okay, if there are, if there's something that I notice around you straying from this path or this goal, How do you want me to express that to you? Like, I'll actually just ask Mm -hmm. them because like you said, like people get offended or like they're people pleasing and all the things. But if I know how to, how you want me to operate as your mentor, I can then deliver that experience to you. And so each of my clients really has, people are so different. Everybody has a different personality. Like, because I know how to deliver that feedback to them and that's set in the very beginning of our time together together. There's never any time where I feel bad or whatever it is delivering or, ta- or calling them out because that's what they asked me to do.
0: I love it. And such a powerful question too. I can hear people right now going and opening their computers and going to their forums and adding that question in because that gives permission already mm-hmm. to address it the way that it needs to be addressed because a good coach, a good mentor, you have to call your clients on your shit. Are on their shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: you do. Like, there was literally a client I, I called out the other day. She's like, I'm not getting results. I'm not doing this. I said, I was scrolling on TikTok and I saw three different comments from you on three different posts that have nothing to do with your business. Stop Ooh. scrolling TikTok and go and post about your freaking offer. Like, I will literally, and then if there is like, okay, why are you not posting about your offer? Does that go deeper? are you not excited about it? Is there something that feels unaligned about it? Because if I find sometimes when I can, I watch my clients very closely, like my clients, like on my social media, right? If you're my client, I have you as a favorite, right? Mm -hmm. So like all of my clients posts come up first on whatever platforms. And so that way I can see, like, I watch what people do again, like why? (laughs) I want, I am watching, I am reading the content. I am seeing what's happening because then I can come and I'll like little, make little notes in my phone where I'm like, Ooh, I saw this person do this. Let me bring that up on our next call together. And I can ask them why this happened. Right. Because it is, it's like, you really just need somebody to hold you accountable sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid to call it out. My clients love that. Right. That, and again, that's the expectation is set right from the very beginning. Well, and
0: it obviously works because you've got clients who are getting those results and they're, you know, from what I can see, and I think we share a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they're, they're going out there, they're doing the work and you can kind of see the little blips and you can kind of see when they get kicked in the ass by, <laughs> and they're right back at it. And that's wonderful. I want to see more of that in our industry yeah. and, and that intention. Um, I think people listening, would love to know how you, like you have a lot of programs and you do a lot of one-to-one in those programs. And how do you manage to balance all of that intentional one-to-one support, watching them on social media, writing those extra notes before calls, but also having a life? Mm,
1: This is good. So in 2021, I didn't have a life, completely honest. I did not. Mm. 2021 my business was my life. Like I missed out on events. I was working until 11 PM at night. Like it was just insanity. My calendar was bananas. Um, this year I prioritized it this year really was like systems backend team support hiring, like from that place. Um, you know, in 2021, I did have a team, but it wasn't, it was, we were building, at that phase, you know, we were figuring out how we were going to build what, what it is today. And so systems, a thousand percent, my shout out to my COO, Ree, um, ops by Ree. She's literally been a lifesaver for me inside of this business because everything now is it's automated. Like, I don't have to worry. My clients schedule their own calls. My clients know like the boundaries that I've set are, are better. The way my programs have developed this year actually allow my clients to be more self-led. Before I was doing like you know month to uh, every three months we'd launch a new program and I'd be teaching something different on every single call and I ha- I was having clients ask me the same questions over and over again so I really looked at where was my time leaking where could I clean that up where could I even provide a better client experience we shifted all of those things we made my two signature programs where people get a lot of access to me evergreen the results skyrocketed for the clients, but I also have so much more white space in my calendar now to do that. So when people ask me, well, how do you create all these offers? How do you have time for all of these things? Number one, I created programs with systems and in the way that my clients can be self-led inside of those programs amazing because there's this big theme I'm sure you know and, and like self-led clients I want self-led clients okay great but you also have as the mentor to provide a space and the tools and the resources and all of the things for them to actually be self-led otherwise I mean like what's happening you guys are blinking at each other on the calls like I don't know um <laughs> but anyways <laughs> you just show the call, you just blink at each other I don't know what's happening um, <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. So it was a lot of like refinement in my back end, a lot of like actually building the company and the business, because like I said, before I was operating like solopreneur 60 minute calls for everybody. Now, like my systems and my programs have been refined. I've actually decreased the amount of call times that I have with clients, but the call t- calls are so much more intentional. So Again, prices was a big factor in that. I only want to take on a specific amount of people to get my support at that level. You're paying for it, but there's a, you're paying for it because I'm actually going to give you the support. I'm not just selling you air, you know, like not just selling you, you know, be in my energy. I'm actually a partner in your business. So I think there's that. Um, Yeah, it's just, that's how I created more space for myself. And then the boundaries, like boxer notifications are off 5 p.m. I'm out of my office. Like Fridays, I typically don't even work on Fridays. Like Fridays are blank in my calendar. We do fun things. We do podcast episodes on Fridays. Yeah. So <laughs> um, but like that's that's really what it was for me. Is like really instilling those boundaries, um, communicating what I wanted with my COO, and building out the back end of the business.
0: That is such good advice for anybody listening. And I think. You know one thing i want to point out that you brought up at the very beginning of that answer was that you worked your ass off yeah in 2021 and you didn't have a life because i think to you a lot of people come into the space and they're like oh i want to make lots of money and they're spending two to three hours of intentional work a day on their business and wondering why they're not getting ahead and i'm not you know you can you can only work two to three hours but manage your
1: expectations around
0: how much money you're going to make at that.
1: <laughs> I always say that. I always say that because it's totally fine. If you want to work two to three hours a day, amazing, but don't yeah. expect to get the same result as somebody that is working eight hours a day. Yeah. It's just, it's just it make, you know, make it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just wants to be rich now. Come on. <laughs> I know. But I do also think, I mean, we could, I could be on here all day. We could be talking about yeah. this. forever. There is like that instant gratification that the online space has, you know, has given to people like the, these expectations of you're going to go from zero to a hundred in a month. It's just, that's just not the reality of it. And when you look back and like, we've been in this space for so long. I mean, I remember when I came into the space, it was like, everybody wanted a $3,000 month that was like the shiny number. And now it's like a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, okay, we can do that. But like, how much are you really, if you want to do it in X amount of time, like how much are you ready to give? Because mm-hmm. there's going to have to be sacrifice in there if you want X result in X amount of time.
0: Yep. hundred percent. And that like, that's just the side of entrepreneurship we never talk about. I actually was doing an entrepreneurial program through. um I guess it was it was through one of the local government funded agencies. And it was a couple of years ago. And the one thing that they tell you is like, don't even you you're not allowed to book a vacation in your first year and expect to be working on your business 60 hours a week or more. Like that is an expectation they had for you as they are mentoring you, helping with funding, helping with you know, building this business and they're telling yeah. you like this is this is what to expect. Yeah. And yeah. I think in a way we get here, we get online and it's like, oh, I can work from home and I, everybody's working like 10 hours a week." And, mm-hmm. and it makes it look magical, but at the end of the day you're building a business and the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. So manage your expectations accordingly.
1: Yeah, I will say this thing, and people will probably be very surprised. But this, I have a vacation coming up in December. I'm taking my family to Mexico for Christmas. So excited. We're going for a week. Jake has never met my parents before. We've been together four years. Like, this wow. is going to be a massive celebration. And this is going to be my very first vacation without client work in three years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's going to be a lot
0: of celebrating. <laughs>
1: but yeah. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, like every time I've traveled, like when I went to California, I took my sister to California in August when I went to Toronto last month, like when, even when I went to Vegas last year for Christmas, like I was still boxing clients. I was still working. Mm. I was still, I still took calls. Like when I went to California, I still did my mini money, my mastermind call on that Wednesday. Like I was, when I went to Cal- Florida in May, I was, that was a re- business retreat, but I was still working. Yeah. So this is going to be the first vacation that I've had in like three years, three and a half years that I will not be answering a single client. I love you guys, but like, sorry, you are, are (laughs) you're on your own. (laughs) It's fine. You'll be fine.
0: (laughs) You've set up the processes for them to figure it out while you're gone. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, this has been such a wonderful conversation. And I thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing things that I don't even think I've heard you talk about before. So thank you. Um, Why don't you tell the listeners how they can find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, you could. I'm always on Instagram. Instagram is my home base. That's where I'm literally. I'm there every day. Um. So it's at your biz Demi on Instagram. I have my own podcast, Demi's Diary. If you want to list, take a listen to mine and Robert, uh, Robin's episode over there. And then yeah, that's. Anything you need from me. I have, like Robin said, a million offers. So (laughs) if you're looking for anything, marketing, sales, offer suite, whatever it is, I got something for you and just pop into my DMs and we'll be able to figure out what the best fit is gonna be for you. Yes,
0: and your offers are always amazing. So I'm sure that they will find something for them. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much for being so open and transparent and sharing all of the behind the scenes of what it's like to be a seven-figure business owner. This was amazing.
1: This has been so good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You've been listening to Unapologetic. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your reviews help more women to find this podcast so they too can be unapologetic in life and in business.